0: Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello and welcome to episode 17. I'm thrilled you are here and very impressed because it is the holiday season and I know that things get a little bit hectic this time of year. So the fact that you're taking time out to learn something that I hope will improve your life and inspire you, I am uh, thrilled and very honored. Thanks for being with us. Today's episode is with a dear friend of mine, Danielle Laporte. And it's all about recovering from self-help exhaustion. I have been there. We are reading the books. We're taking the workshops. We're even listening to the podcasts. And too often, self-help becomes self-punishment. It comes from a place of not feeling good enough and never being able to quite make it, to quite feel complete. If this relates to you, then you're really gonna get a lot out of our time today, uh, check out Danielle at DanielleLaporte.com. She is the author of The Desire Map and The Firestarter Session. She is a spiritual gangster. She's an entrepreneur. She is this just empowered woman who is really shining her light and inspiring others to do the same and to find that fire that we have within us and to get really clear on what is motivating us, what is leading us forward. So take notes, enjoy, because man, this show is awesome. Enjoy, Danielle. I'm recording. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for being with us, Danielle. Hi. Hi. So today we're going to have a little jam session about recovering from self-help exhaustion. And I think a good place to start is this idea of self-help exhaustion can our intention to improve our life backfire.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad. Like when you emailed me and you're like, let's talk about this. I was like, oh, I've been dying to talk about this. It's sort of, uh, I think, I, and, and this is going to be a theme, like a soapbox theme for me for a, a while now. Yeah, I think it can totally backfire. I think underneath over zealous motivation can be self-hatred. I think underneath a lot of um, self-care can be more self-hatred, uh, backfire for sure. I think we can create new addictions, um, new obsessions, and it's really keeps us on this wheel of, I'm not good enough yet, but I'll get better. Oh, I'm bettering myself. I'm bettering myself. You know, so... This is how I would this is the question I would ask everybody. Let's all take a deep breath. Are you trying to improve yourself or are you exploring or expanding your potential? So improvement versus potential, very different.
0: So how do those feel different? How do we know the difference?
1: Well, less punishing, less, you know, there isn't any, uh, there, there there, are way fewer punishments if you don't go to yoga class, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have the body that you want to have today, uh, like you still love yourself. And you can even joke about it. You can even joke about it. Right. And um, you don't feel... You don't feel that mind heat. Like, I'm not talking about like feeling hot, but I notice for myself when I'm trying too hard, when I'm going at something for the wrong reasons, and we should define wrong reasons, but I feel like my brain gets overheated. And, you know, this is talked about a lot in, uh, in Eastern medicine. You know, it's, it's about cooling, cooling your system. And they're not talking about just, you know, temperature-wise. It's like calming your system down. So when I'm coming from a place of self-love and exploring my potential, uh, I feel cooler. I feel calm. It's more minty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Winter fresh. (laughs) It's winter fresh inside. I love it. Well, I want to explore this more in the context of goals. So I've been setting goals since I was 17, and I have journals filled with them. And I noticed that especially when I was younger and in my early 20s, I would really beat myself up when I didn't meet those goals. And as I look back at all those journals, I realized that I didn't actually make really any of my goals, just not, not many, but they were this guiding light that led me in the right direction. And as I moved forward, I, I gained clarity as to what I actually wanted from a different Um, perspective. Mm -hmm. So, but here we are writing these goals and we feel stuck with them. We feel like we either make it or we don't. And there's a lot of pressure. So what are your thoughts around this process of goal setting?
1: I got lots of thoughts on this. Uh, You wrote a whole book on it. So I I know that you have
0: a lot
1: of thoughts. Yeah. Okay. My experience with goal setting was I would set them and not reach them and feel like a loser. I would set them and I would reach them. And I would think, wow, I should have aimed higher, and so I would feel like a loser. I would set them and I would reach them, but later, like three years later, or three months later, and I do, and I would think, oh, you know, I'm, there's still something wrong with me. Um, or I would set them and super exceed them, and think should have asked for even more if I was capable of that. So I have like this really contentious relationship with goal setting, and I think, and this is, I think this might be the first time I've ever said this publicly. I think like you know, two or three books from now, that would put me at it about six years. I'll probably write this book that's like anti-goal setting. But right now, <laughs> I'm still in this space of, I, I like to have goals. I, I really believe in the, you know, the biblical adage, like without vision, we perish. And I, I just think it's about how we approach them. So is be fierce, but be flexible.
0: So now, if Danielle sounds a little bit different, we did switch the phone because we were having some technical difficulties, but we're back to being fierce and flexible. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent segue.
0: Right? Fits right in. So, this idea of being fierce and flexible with our goals, I want to paint a picture of what that looks like because a lot of us have that really mean voice when it comes to goal setting. and a lot of us actually think that we need to be critical in order to get stuff done. So what is, if that's not the way, how do we transition?
2: Hmm. Yeah. God, these are great questions. I just want to dial back. Mm-hmm. This is a significant dial back. So first it's all about getting clear on how you want to feel. And this is really the essence of desire mapping. And it's what I call your core desired feelings. So Here's here's my, here's one big statement. Everything you are doing, everything you're chasing and going after and pursuing is because innately you want to feel a certain way. And there's, I, I believe there's no exceptions to this. It doesn't matter if you're like a rock star or a banker or a struggling artist or whatever it is, you're going after what you're going after because you want to feel a certain way. So why don't you get clear on how you want to feel that, you know, Maybe it's about feeling connected or vibrant or sexy or energized, confident, bold, whatever. You get to feel any way you want to feel. You get to desire any way you want to feel. And once you get clear on that, a couple of things happen. One, your goals might change. You might realize that, let's say, one of your core desired feelings is community, connection, vibe, however you want to call it. And you know all this time you thought, well, to feel connection uh, or community, I really need to own a home. You might realize like like it's the opposite thing you need to do. You need to be like location independent and travel. And all this time you've been going along with a status quo and saving up for a down payment to own a home. It's, It's got nothing to do with actually what you desire. Or you might your goals you might become more committed to your goals than ever, which is like, hey, no connection for me, really is about owning a home, having a nest, a place to party, being in a neighborhood, being a regular somewhere, and you just go full tilt. The beauty that happens when you get clear on how it is that you really want to feel is that you'll be creating, you know, more soulful goals that have more meaning to you. And if you don't hit them, it's okay because you're going to go find the next thing that's going to make you feel that way. You're also going to be way more open to how things show up for you. So um, let's say one of your core desired feelings is um, making this up powerful. And, you know, you get this job offer and it's in an industry that you never would have considered, but it actually lights you up fully. You feel so powerful in how you're showing up you feel like it's a powerful opportunity. You have exercise. You have the space to exercise your power. And it's like, wow, this is really like charging me on all levels. And you say yes. Because, <laughs> like, what the universe has showed you, brought to you, is syncing up with how you actually want to feel. And at the end of the day, it is all about feeling the way you want to feel.
0: Right. I mean, we often hear that phrase, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly but it's like God's plan is better for you than your own. But this idea that from where we are standing right now we can't even imagine how great life is going to be because there's so many different variables. But knowing how we want to feel guides us.
2: Yeah. And I think it's this is it's this is most useful. Like you know, the positive feelings, the pre- pleasurable feelings. Some of us those are those are really clear signals for the for us like wow that feels amazing i'm a yes that feels incredible it, i'm in but there's the other side and this is where <laughs> it works really well for me of like this does not feel the way i want it to feel this is not how i want to feel at the end of this meeting this is not how i want to feel in this deal this is not how i want to feel at 11:30 at night i don't want to feel fried you know so everybody right now could take 30 seconds and just go through like all the negative things they're experiencing like generally or specifically in their life right now. Whether it's like you feel lethargic, you feel stuck, you feel scared, you feel envious. You write those, de- you know, write down whatever it is, all the negative stuff and figure out what the opposite to those are. And I would bet you those are probably your core desired feelings. Like, you know, maybe what you really want instead of feeling lethargic is to feel lit up, to feel excited, to feel inspired, to feel highly energized. Maybe instead of envious, it's about feeling confident, it's about feeling bold, it's about feeling gratitude. Yeah.
0: So I love that, so the feelings that we're having that aren't so positive and ideal can actually be part of the process, they can guide us to what it is that we really want. So when you're in that moment and you gave us a great tool here saying get clear if you get clear on what you don't want, then you could see what the opposite of that what your core desire is. What's your take on having negative feelings? Cuz it seems like when you're in this self-help world and you begin to experience sadness or disappointment in any way, on top of that we often shame ourselves and think i can't believe that person triggered me again i can't believe i'm sad about this i can't mm-hmm. believe i'm not over this yet What do we what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about that
2: mhm you're mm-hmm. so good Jess. <laughs> It it's like such great perception stuff right because this is what's happening and it's it's so pissing me off because Sometimes I think, you know, all the self help stuff is actually just setting us back in some ways. And that's part of the journey, too. So um, I think it all goes back to self love. It all goes back to self compassion. I think the greatest self help is self compassion. Uh, I think a lot of us, and I say us, like people like you and I, because we're in the self help space. I mean, our living is based on self help. I think a lot of us are bullshitting people. We're up there because we want to look great on stage. We call ourselves motivational speakers. So we better have our shit together and we better look like every day when we get out of bed, we are going to carpe fucking diem, right? <laughs> uh, because who's going to buy our stuff if we're not lit up all the time. And, the, and that's just like, it just isn't true. It just is not true. I think what's, what's really not only magnetic and magnetic equals making a living for people like us but what's useful and helpful and healing for people is is the truth which is I'll use myself as an example I'm a self-help author <laughs> and I will tell you that there's some things I have not been able to let go of in my life and I've ridden my ass so hard and been so hard on myself because I'm still processing the same thing that I've been dealing with for three years about one particular thing. And I feel like I, you know, some days I just feel like a loser. Never like a fake, because I'm really honest about (laughs) that. Um, But I've learned to just be, you know, I've learned, it's almost like forced self-compassion. I've felt so pathetic about certain things, how I handle them, that I just really have no choice. If I'm going to make some progress in life, I just have to, befriend myself, and I've made more progress with being tender, and tender is not quite the right word. With being gentle with myself, that I have on being hard on myself, and I just want to say that again, (laughs) because I'm a motivational speaker, I have to repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have made more progress. What did I say? With being gentle, that I have with being harsh on myself, because. Being gentle with oneself, it totally sets your nervous system at ease. Like, you're no longer terrified <laughs> about what, what your psyche is going to say next to yourself. Let alone, like, what, you know, your boss or, or you know, the author is going to say to you next. And you relax. And when you relax, solutions come. When you relax, you know, love can flow. And so I've just learned to talk to myself like a friend. Like I go, um, oh, Danielle. You still, you still look at you. You're suffering, and then I say to myself, "Yeah." (laughs) And then, not 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 too long after, then I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm going to do something that's the opposite of wallowing or suffering or repetition or gripping or whatever. Yes,
0: one of my, and I might have shared this already on this podcast, but one of my favorite stories with Shell Richardson was when, when my first book, my first and only book came out, <laughs> so far. Um, <laughs> when my book came out, I was struggling and I called her. And I said to her, you know, I'm really embarrassed because I know that I could be tapping and processing these feelings and I'm not. And I don't know mm-hmm. why. And she said to me, when you're scared, You're sad. You're just in the grip of an emotion. You aren't adult Jessica. You're a little girl Jessica. And what Mm -hmm. little girl Jessica doesn't need someone who yells at her. And little girl Jessica doesn't even know how to tap. The only thing that she could hear (laughs) is a loving voice and compassion. And it's Mm -hmm. like the moment I was able to start there. And so now that transformed the way that I teach tapping because so many people go, well, I know what I should do and I'm just not doing it. Well the first step before doing anything is to have that gentle conversation with yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then it becomes easier. The gen-
2: yeah. The gentle conversation changes everything. Mm. Yeah.
0: So going back to these setting goals, so we we definitely want to do this. We, it's there's something powerful about it, but we just have to be careful and you said earlier that you have to be careful about setting goals for the wrong reason. So I'd love to go into these wrong reasons. What are some of the red flags we should look out for?
2: Well, the biggest one is to please your parents.
0: Mm. <laughs> and I don't think, it doesn't matter what age you are.
2: You know, like one, one of my many psychologists said to me, one of the most common things he saw in his practice of, of like two or three decades, was that so many people did not start really living until their parents died. And for most of us, that means, like, we're in our 50s or 60s. And that's that's heartbreaking and tragic. That's most of our lives, half our lives, you know. Um, and I remember this was, like, this story that really got me, and I've written about this a couple times, where I was at a speaking gig at a university, sitting at a banquet table after I got off stage, said to the young woman next to me, who's in university, you know, she's in her early twenties. Hey, what's your major? She says to me, uh, accounting, finance and accounting. And so I naively say, well, you must love numbers. Like numbers totally turn you on. And she's like, Oh no, not at all. And I was like, what? I was confused, you know? And she said, my father, my father thinks accounting would be great. And I know it's great money and he's paying for my education. And I was speechless. I mean, I wanted to rescue her, but it was not going to happen at the banquet table. And I just thought, wow, this is how it begins. Because you begin on that path, and if you don't get off that path, you're going to, you probably end up on some form of antidepressant, or just depressed. Uh, You're probably not going to love your body. You're, it's not, and it's not about being overweight or too thin. It's just like you're not even going to feel comfortable in your body, you will be ill at ease because you're not really home. And uh it's an epidemic. This is an epidemic. So uh for the wrong reason, pleasing your parents, pleasing your parents. And and I and I just and I want a presence also that. Like doing things, setting goals, going after things for the right reasons. Just because it's quote unquote the right reason and it's in sync with your soul and your Dharma and your karma and whatever. Doesn't mean it's easy. Right choices are not necessarily (laughs) easy. So um I I know it can be incredibly difficult to break from your parents, especially when they're getting they're funding you, all that karma and all that emotionality, all of that. Um the other wrong reason to do things, I mean, really it's just all about proving anything to anybody. Um, but proving things to your peers, proving things to your significant other. And I mean, one of the obvious on the list is when you do things just for the money, which really is still at the end of the day about proving my experiences, really never works out in the long run. So you can make some great money. You can be glad you kind of set your business up or you got what you wanted, but you're not as far ahead (laughs) as you probably really want to be in terms of the quality of your life and your integrity and um, how great your creativity is. So I think it's integrity first, and then you do it for the money.
0: What advice would you give to someone who's scared of disappointing someone else?
2: Mm. Well, that's, you know, I get a little tough love (laughs) when when the proving dynamic comes in. So like the first thing I want to say is like, too bad. You just go for it. And, and I, and I am saying that I'm standing by that (laughs) too bad. Just go for it. You will guilt is, is, is ever present. So listen, you're always going to be afraid of disappointing somebody. It never, ever goes away. It doesn't matter how successful you are. I'm afraid of disappointing my readers. I'm afraid of disappointing my agent and my publisher. And God, I mean it you know it chokes me up. I'm afraid of disappointing my kid. And I and what's my alternative? I mean I'm either gonna try to be well rounded, which is just just death, and lose my edge, I'm I'm gonna lose my spice. I'm I'm not gonna be fully unfurled, I'm not gonna be fully me if I let that worry of disappointing everybody else influence me too much so I just have to say what I want to say I just have to make what I want to make I just have to say we have to redo it or you know I want gold foil on my cover or I really want to talk about how pathetic I feel sometimes and how successful I feel um yeah or it's me saying to my kid I really am going to dress like this
0: (laughs) 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 it's like mama (laughs) oh that's adorable You know, I think it's so important to hear this because I think there's something just so freeing and also comforting to know that we're not alone. So if someone Mm -hmm. is out there scared of disappointing someone else, we're all in that same boat. And we all have to make a choice between what feels right and what is easy. Mm -hmm. I actually just just quoted Dumbledore. By the way, that was a Harry Potter <laughs> quote. I'm not kidding. He says <laughs> oh, he said so to funny. Harry, "Sometimes you have to choose between what's right and what's easy." I always remembered that one.
2: Mm, that's a good one. Like one of my favorite disappointment stories is from Oprah. She she came to Vancouver a couple of years ago and she was you know did her stadium thing, and she was talking about starting her network, and she really did it because she was afraid of disappointing people. And in the first year it was a bomb. And it was she said it was one of the worst like experiences ever. And I just thought if if Oprah Winfrey is so afraid of disappointing people that she thinks she can't take twelve months off in her amazing career, then like wow. I mean God help us all. Like if she's got it, we all got it. If I got it, she's got it. It just it was really Everybody's afraid of disappointing everybody and you have to you have to uh, you have to keep going
0: when you have a moment because I think sometimes we get into this habit of doing things to make everyone happy or because maybe it's not a particular person it's just our society just culturally we think life should be a certain way and so we go on this path and all of a sudden we realize that we need to pause because something isn't right. In those moments when you know that you need to pause because something doesn't feel right, what do you do to gain clarity on what your next step should be?
2: That's another great question. Uh, Well, I want to say that the pause requires great courage. So if if you've got it in you to, to put everything on hold, to quit, to take a sabbatical, to change your mind in the 11th hour, you're awesome it's like a real act of consciousness to do that. And I think you don't know what it is. The answer is until you pause.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it
2: really is one of those scenarios of like jump and the earth, you know, the ground will rise to meet your feet, but you don't know until you jump. And I think, you know, because so many of us are like, so productivity driven, make, 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 do, 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 be passionate, <laughs> carpe diem. Um, we think we have to know what's next. And in my experience, you just don't, you just don't. Like there's been a lot of things. Actually, I, I would say one of the things I do best is I quit stuff. And I mean, I hang in with them more than I quit, but I'm a really great quitter. So if it's not feeling right, I pull the plug. It doesn't how much matter how much money I've invested. It doesn't matter how many people I'm going to piss off. I'm just like, this. this is no longer right at this point in time. And usually when I do that, I do not know what's next. I, you know, in the, in my, in quote, my old days, I was consulting with entrepreneurs. I did these one-on-one strategy sessions. They were an hour, maybe 90 minutes was a thousand dollars per phone call. I was booked six months in advance, and I got clear. I was, this was not good for me to do anymore. I was just getting bitchy about things. Once I'm bitchy about what it takes, <laughs> doing what it takes to do what I got to do that I know, you know, and I just like stopped and I had no idea, no idea what I was going to do next. Um, and not everybody's wired to do that. Sometimes you got, you, you can't do that to, you, you know, you, you got a couple grand in the bank, but, um, I was going to start a magazine. I invested a ton of money, and time, I hired a team just for the magazine and got really clear, this is not the right direction for my life and didn't know what I was going to fill that creative hole with That I had to quit. And I think the clarity wouldn't have come unless I just fully stopped things.
0: Right. And you wouldn't have known if it was right for you if you didn't try, at least in this situation, don't you feel like there was something? Yeah. About because at some point it must have felt good because you took those first steps. So, yeah, totally.
2: Like, and I I, 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 you know, people talk a lot about, they ask a lot about failure, and, and it really is. I mean, it's just so basic and cheesy. You just don't know till you try. And this applies to like big projects and it applies to relationships and it really applies to hiring people. You know, you know, you know, like the, the statistics of hiring is like 50 50. It doesn't matter how thoroughly, how often, how many people you interview, really, at the end of the day, it's still a fifty fifty chance that the person's going to work up. You just don't know till you try right and and then when they when it doesn't work, then you know then you really know the space is clear, and the answers appear, and the person appears
0: so going back to this this topic of just this self help exhaustion, the pattern I see is. We are reading these self-help books. We want to approve ourselves. And there is this level of just wanting to control everything. You know, we mm. set the goals in order to control. We want to control what's happening. And obviously, we live in a world where there's a lot of things that we can't control. And I see with your writing and in even the direction I feel like I, I'm going in my life is there's a lot about this going for something but also letting go, you know, letting things appear, um, being in the present moment. What are your thoughts around this idea of, of control, wanting to control? And when you feel like you get into that space where you might be controlling too much or feeling that kind of anxiety and intensity, what do you do to get you in that mindset of just opening a bit more to the universe? I know that sounds kind of like woo to say the universe, but you, mm-hmm. I think most people know what I'm saying, just opening up to that mm-hmm. divine knowledge and power
2: well you said something really important which is control and anxiety in the same sense so over controlling equals anxiety all the time and it's so ironic right because we think well if i can just get on top of this get on top of this i won't feel anxious anymore like i really hope some people get that because <laughs> that's a big one for a lot of us it's just not about getting on top of it it just just stop and it's hard god i'm the first to say it's that's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm way better at this than I used to be. But I was a chronic, um, just a few more email checker kind of person. Usually, would happen like at eleven thirty at, at night. So I'm just going to crank out a few more. And I stopped using the word crank because I realized <laughs> that was that was really code for over control. Um, I think knowing what gives you pleasure helps you not snap out of over-controlling, but ease out of over-controlling. I think sometimes we have to play some mind games with ourselves and distract ourselves and say things like, by the way, this is true, if I take a break now and ease up, I'll actually be more productive later. (laughs) Now, it's actually true, but, but really the enlightened thing to do is just take a break because you deserve a break. Because it's time for your body and your mind to stop because this is self-loving. And this is healthy to take a break, right? But we have to trick ourselves and say, if I do, there's going to be a reward in the end. And the reward is is, is I'll be able to produce more. Um, what was the question? It was a good it one. Was,
0: it was, you know, when you feel like you're over-controlling and you want to open up to that greater intelligence, How? what yeah. do you say? What do you do? I mean, are there things that you just mantras you you just gave us one of what you say but any like mantras you go to that help you relax
2: yeah there's a few one boss said to me once i was i had to it was my first time i had to fire somebody i was like a baby boss (laughs) i didn't i going to ruin their life they're gonna like death traps and um she said to me is this gonna matter in three years i was like oh my god this is so not going to matter in three years. And it like totally shifted my attitude to like, it actually doesn't really matter now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to just be in integrity and be really kind when I do this, but like then it's done. It doesn't matter. And I'm not going to take on their karma and all that. Uh, so that helps. Like, is it going to matter in three years? Uh, is this affecting my house or anyone I love? No, probably not. Can this wait until tomorrow? Yes. Um, is this pointed in the direction I want it to go? Does this, like, really, does this further my big vision? Uh, Surprisingly, the answer, a lot, is no. And back to the big, for me, the big golden question, does this make me feel the way I want to feel? Am I generating my core desired feeling right now?
0: I love that. I really love that you brought up just quitting because I think that quitting has gotten a bad reputation and it's such a valuable Mm -hmm. skill
2: yeah yeah it's a great way of putting it it is a skill it's a skill
0: so there are some questions that I like to ask all of my guests one of them is if you could share something in your life that in the moment it seemed horrible but ended up becoming a big blessing
2: oh my god yeah I started a company with a friend. It was a consultancy. It was like, um, you know, soulful personal branding and Oprah called, uh, we wrote a book I wrote. She art directed. It was a concept we shared and developed together and Oprah called. We didn't get on Oprah. This is not the end of the story, by the way. That's one thing in this story that ended up being a huge blessing. If I would have on Oprah at that time, My life would have taken a trajectory that I'm really glad it wasn't on. I would have been really um, hemmed into that brand. Okay, But really the bad thing that happened (laughs) was I got fired from my own company. I set up a board of directors and I raised a bunch of money and we hired a CEO to run it. And six months after that CEO was involved with a company, he pulled myself and my partner in and said, we're changing the business model, you're out. You got Steve jobbed. I got Steve jobbed. Thank you. I need to make that comparison more often because it makes it sound so much sexier. (laughs) Um, I got Steve jobbed and Hey, I mean, I don't need to explain to anybody how devastating that is, how enraging that is, how heartbreaking. And let me tell you, best thing, best thing that ever happened for me. And even in that agony, you know the tears, the screaming, the lawyers that got, had to get involved after that. Um, there was something inside me, and I feel so I'm proud of this that I was awake enough to hear this. There was something inside me that was like, "You're free, and I could feel the pleasure in that. I was like, "This fucking sucks, but Fuck I'm free and um, and look at me now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that great story. So, the, another one is: What is something that no one would know about you unless they went to middle school with you? So, I know I don't know if you call it middle school in Canada, <laughs> but like little.
2: Oh my god! I love that question. Oh, you're so good. Uh, middle school. Why? Well, I, ha- I could fit two quarters in my front teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great Like but but you could, but did you actually?
2: Oh yeah, it was like a parlor trick. Like, Look at that. <laughs> oh
0: way. way oh that's awesome. Okay, and my last question is, if you could be any kind of animal, what would you be and why?
2: Oh wow. Well, right now, um, a totem animal that showed up for me a lot. I, in fact, I see one in some shape or form almost every day. Is a swan, mm-hmm. and you know, a while ago I'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's not sexy." I was like, "Like swans are so uptight." <laughs> like and you right wanted now, a lion. I, <laughs> what's that? I
0: said, "Like you wanted a lion." You did you? I, <laughs> I want a lion. I want to be a jaguar, right? <laughs>
2: um, but right now, I would choose. I would choose to be a swan because. Uh, in, in Native American medicine, swan is believed to go between worlds. So the swan is here on Earth, but the swan goes back and forth between Earth time and the dream space really easily. So I would love the capacity to like see other dimensions with more ease and more clarity. And uh, no one fucks with a swan, actually, because they're so elegant. It's like their power is elegant. Yeah. And also swans, swan's mate for life. And, uh, that's, that's how I'm wired. Yeah. So it's really about the beloved.
0: I love that. Beautiful. Thank you, Danielle. And where can people go and find out more about your stuff? I mean, they have to go to, is it DanielleLaporte.com?
2: Yeah, I'm everywhere. DanielleLaporte.com. I've got my daily truth bombs. There's some on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on SoundCloud. If it's digital, if it's a platform, I'm there. Except I haven't gotten into Periscope lately because I just feel like it's way too creepy.
0: I just get uh, overwhelmed with all of these things. I'm like, can we just stop at some point? No. It's like, what are yeah. the kids into these days? <laughs> That's how I feel like yeah. when I start complaining about social media. <laughs> I suddenly feel ancient. Um, but okay, wonderful. So Danielle Laporte, check her out. Danielle, this has been a real joy, a real pleasure. Thank you for being with us.
2: Oh thank you for the great questions. You're you're the bomb. Thanks Jeff.
0: Thanks love.